Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Please pray with me. Through the written word and the spoken word, may we know your living word, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. What does it mean to live with others? As we are in our second week of our sermon series of living, how do we live fully? How do we engage in this world that God created? That is what this week is. How do we live with others? What does that look like? And others are those who we enjoy being around and those that we can't stand. Others are those that we love and those we do not like. Others are those on that other side of the income spectrum than us. Others are those who aren't from here. The definition of other is vast and wide. And living with others calls us out of our comfort zones and calls us to meet people where they are. When I was on internship in seminary, I was placed at a church in Pennsylvania. And one of the main things that I did on internship was visitations to homebound members or people who hadn't really been to church in a long time. And I visited this one couple, and I always enjoyed visiting them. I got very close with them. And most of my visits, centered around the wife because her husband had advanced Parkinson's and he couldn't speak very well and he didn't interject too much and sometimes it was hard for him to follow our conversations. And so whenever I tried to talk to him, his wife would always answer for him. And during my year, the wife ended up developing some health issues and needing hip surgery and found herself in a rehab facility to get her hip stronger for quite some time. And she always worried when I would visit her about her husband. So much so that I told her that I would bring him communion and check in on him and see how he is doing with his home nurse. And I tried to make some conversation, mostly yes or no answer type questions, which he answered some, but not all. And then I asked if he was ready to have communion, and he shook his head yes. So I went through all of the home communion liturgy, and then we got to the Lord's Prayer. And I started the prayer and noticed that I could hear his voice. It was soft, and the words did not match how fast I was going. And so, I intensely focused on what he was saying. And I started to match my words with his cadence so that we were praying this prayer together. And I think it was at that time, it ended up being the first time since I started visiting with both of them that I felt like we were in sync, that it brought us in this sense of unity together because normally his wife answered for him, which never allowed him to be a part of those conversations. And this one time with the Lord's Prayer, he was able to be a part of what we were doing. 
And a few days after that visit, I went and I saw his wife and I told him, or told her about my visit with her husband. And I said that during communion, we said the Lord's Prayer together. And she was shocked that he even talked. And I always use this story to talk about how important the Lord's Prayer is. But I also share this story today because it shows what it means to live with others. It shows how you can bring peace to someone by meeting them where they are at. Truly trying to understand and connect with someone, especially someone you may not understand. And our text from Romans speaks to us about the importance of living a life of love, compassion, empathy, and forgiveness. It reminds us of our Christian duty to love one another with all our hearts and to be the hands and feet of Christ to those around us. Let love be genuine. Christian love is not conditional. It's not based on what someone can do for us or how they treat us. Love is not merely an emotion or a fleeting sentiment, but a lifestyle that we must embrace with sincerity. It's a call to actively seek the well-being and happiness of others, even when it may require sacrifice on our part. Genuine love fosters an environment of trust, where hearts are open and souls are nourished. Genuine love is selfless, sacrificial, and unselfish, as Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross. And so Paul is telling us how we should be living with each other and interacting with others as siblings in Christ. We are to show that deep love and honor to one another, serve one another, and rejoice together in all of life's ups and downs, and we are also to be patient with one another during times of trouble and suffering, showing empathy and compassion. We're called to be generous with our resources and hospitality. We should be willing to share what we have, not hoard it for ourselves, and then welcome strangers into our homes. And this is especially important in today's world where so many people are marginalized or feel alone. When we approach our relationships with a heart of humility and honor, we demonstrate this Christ-like love that knows no boundaries. It is a love that celebrates the uniqueness and worth of every individual, fostering an environment of acceptance and mutual respect. Living with others also means persevering, persevering through different and difficult times. Paul reminds us to rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, and persevere in prayer. And in our interactions with one another, there will inevitably be moments of hardship and disagreement amongst people. However, we are called to approach these challenges with hope and endurance, seeking resolution through prayer and seeking guidance from God to help us. And through perseverance, we can experience this beauty of reconciliation and the power of forgiveness that only God can give us when God enters our lives. And then Paul tells us to bless those people who persecute us, and not to repay evil for evil. Sounds easier than it actually is. This is one of the hardest commands to follow, but it's also one of the most important ones for us to follow as well. We must be willing to forgive those who've wronged us, even when it is difficult to do so. 
in doing this, we reflect the character of God who forgives us when we repent. Because I don't think that I'm alone in saying that I mess up and I go against God quite a bit in my lives and God is still there. God still accepts us, God still loves us and says that you are my child. Living with others may involve encountering individuals who differ, differ from us in their beliefs, opinions, and actions. And rather than responding with anger or resentment towards them, we're urged to respond with this love and kindness. By extending blessing instead of curses, we can dismantle barriers and build bridges of understanding, fostering a culture of empathy and compassion. And its ending in Romans reminds us that we are to also live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Living quiet lives of obedience that bring glory to God each and every day. And this isn't always easy, but it's necessary if you want to be those true disciples of Christ. Because Paul reminds us of the important calling of this Christian life. It's a life of love and sacrifice, a life of putting others first, and a life of obedience to God's commands. And this harmony is not a result of conformity or suppressing our individuality, but rather a celebration of diversity and unity amidst our differences. It is a picturesque representation of the body of Christ where each member then plays this unique role but functions together as one. And like last week when we focused on something to ponder in our lives that reflect the ways we are living in this world, this week we are going to think about how we can bring peace to others or who we can bring peace to. And this can be differently different for everyone. For me, it was matching my cadence of the Lord's Prayer with someone who had advanced Parkinson's so that we can be in unity during a universal prayer where people all over the world recite all at once. It's also when I went to Kansas City with our middle schoolers for a week of service and one of the projects we did was gardening in 100 degree weather, which was not fun. We were very sweaty and very dirty, mostly me and my leaders because the kids did not do as much but complain about how hot it was. But, these gardening experiences allowed anybody to come and get produce from this garden. It fed people without any questions. They could come and get whatever they wanted and then people in the community came and helped garden as well. They took care of this. And that is a way that peace is brought to other people. Peace can also be giving someone rest when they are busy or overworked or tired. It can be bringing someone a meal who either has been diagnosed with some sort of illness and can't cook for themselves or someone who doesn't have the means to have food on the table each day. It can be a phone call or a card. Those are ways that we bring peace. And peace goes hand in hand with this genuine love. And when we have genuine love, and that shows that we are caring for the whole entire person. And bringing peace to them could mean caring for the parts of their lives that are difficult or missing. 
and helping them to be who God created them to be. And so through Christ, we discover that transformative power of agape love, the importance of holy living and the relentless pursuit of serving and blessing others. And as we strive to embody these characteristics, we shed our old selves and become bearers of Christ's love, reflecting his grace to our broken world. And so, let us go forth from this place, embracing the challenge to love genuinely, serve selflessly, and live out our faith passionately, positively impacting the lives of those around us by letting love be the guiding principle of our interactions with others. And may we seek to then build bridges instead of walls, to bring peace instead of division. And in doing so, we participate in God's redemptive work, bringing healing and restoration to this world. Amen. You think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-960. 9007. Thank you and God bless.